Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. That is the biggest question of all. It's amazing. When we were here Friday, we thought for sure the biggest question of the NFL offseason is, where's Deshaun Watson going to end up? And that's a great question. But a better question might be, is that the last play Aaron Rodgers ever had for the Green Bay Packers? And if it is, oh. it's that play, the one that's going to be talked about forever. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline, including the 12-year NFL quarterback, Dan Orlovsky, who called the Bucks and the Chiefs five months ago. He called this shot. We'll talk yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got half of it right. <laughs> we'll talk to him in 15 minutes. <laughs> Key gets a point five, But, Key, you want to actually make no, another no, no, no. I was point, just, right? you know, uh, Zubin, I was just thinking as we were thinking through the commercial break, and the young man who just called from Richmond, I can't even remember his name. Walter. Walter. Walter said that I don't give I don't give Tom Brady enough credit. He should be the greatest of all time. Well, hell, Patrick Mahomes is going up against the dude in two weeks of the Super Bowl, and he called him one of the greatest quarterbacks. Sound like me? <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with that? If you okay, one of, I mean, there's nothing wrong with one of the greatest. I know, but it, you know, I, I, I kind of Patrick Mahomes called him. Patrick Mahomes called him one of the greatest. Did not call this man the greatest when he's facing a guy that's been to 10 Super Bowls. I'm but just key, saying. He's been to 10 Super Bowls. He's won six, potentially could win his seventh to, under two different coaches if this happens. Would that not be enough for you to call him the greatest of all time? It's At not the quarterback even, position? Jay, you've been knowing me too long. I'm not calling nobody the greatest. I know, we but you call Jerry Rice the greatest because he's definitive in your clear, mind. Clear cut, definitively in my mind, He's just ridiculous. I mean, you know, you can always argue my my boy Moss. You can argue Moss, right? You can argue Moss all day long. Circumstances dictate championships and things of that nature. So you can always say Moss. You know, I'm just more of what changes the game. Did did Tom Brady change the game? Randy Moss changed the game at that position. Uh, Jerry Rice changed the game at the position. Lawrence Taylor changed the position and it was ridiculous so when you start looking at it it's like but you know, I didn't get a chance to see Jim Brown play I didn't get a chance to see certain guys play but I had a chance to see play against Elway Tom Brady saw Montana missed him by a year so I got a chance to see them playing it's kind of like I mean but key I I hear you on the change in the game aspect right AI, Allen Iverson, changed the game of basketball in a lot of ways, culturally and on the court. But you also need the combination of winning championships, right? That's what we we always say that. There's no question about that. When you change in the game and you win in championships is what puts you in that conversation of the greatest of all time. Is he the greatest winning quarterback of all time? 100%. But does it mean that – a guy like Joe Montana, who's undefeated in the Super Bowl, much like Michael Jordan. Now, you know, uh, LeBron and, and LeBron and Brady are closer together to me than Brady and Montana or Jordan and LeBron because everything else that we're talking about, think about mm. what Jordan did, the shoe game, the commercial game. Transcended the that, game. He transcended, transcended it. the entire yeah. game. That's all I'm saying. There's but but did he- wrong, There's nothing wrong Man, you think Brady but, worried about any damn thing I'm saying? Not I know, close. but I'm just saying, Key, 
like Jordan transcended the game for you. Joe Montana transcended the game for you. How about these young individuals, these well, young adults, and where Tom young, Brady man. has transcended? <laughs> that dude that called for Richmond was young, Zubin. Walter in Richmond, here's what I would say. Once again, we're coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. I want to hear from Aaron Rodgers on potentially the end in Green Bay, signed through the 2023 season. We'll hear from Matt LaFleur, and obviously wanting Rodgers back. We'll hear from you as well here in just one minute. The one thing I would say about him changing the game, I would slightly disagree with both of you. He has changed the game from this standpoint. He has changed the game. I guess, you know, listen, if you're old enough for George Blanda, I got you. But for most people... Didn't see him play when born. Right. He played 26 seasons in the NFL. He was a quarterback and a kicker. Many people know that. But I would just say that he changed the game in terms of how long you can play the game at the most important position in American sports. He got to 43. That allowed Drew Brees to say, I can play at 41. That allowed Aaron Rodgers at 37 to say, I can go into my 40s. Again, he's not the first quarterback to play in his 40s and be effective in his 40s, but he is the most accomplished quarterback in his 40s by sure. So in that way, so he's you mean, changed the game. So you didn't mention Chris Chandler? Well, I said some oh, are more effective Stop. than others. <laughs> Stop it. You're such an antagonist all the time. <laughs> well, Chris Chandler just played. Chris Chandler played for a long time. I'm just teasing, man. I, uh, I'm teasing, Zubin. That's all. I'm Look, in the end, Brady is doing exactly what Brady needs to do. But I just think that when you start talking about the Montanas and the Elways of the world, and the Elway wind up getting Terrell Davis and eventually winning two Super Bowls, you start to have that conversation about who's the greatest, who's the greatest. I'm like, I enjoy them all. I've had a chance to see them all play. I'm not putting one above the next. And that's Zuba, just can I- my prerogative. Is that okay? Sure. A little Bobby no, Brown in there? Yeah, that's about. That's. I mean, look, you're 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 entitled to your opinion. I feel like there's a little bit of some haterade with the key on Tom Brady, and that's okay. We'll we'll Jay, let it simmer Jay, over these why, next two why weeks. Why in the hell would I hate on Tom Brady? Hey, Tom Brady I'm ain't never done nothing to me. I'm that just ain't even nothing. With no, I just want to stir not, the Keyshawn I'm going pot. to not have that put out into the universe because <laughs> I don't need no fools <laughs> tweeting at our program talking about I'm hating. Because why would I hate? He ain't never done nothing to me. I'm hell, I wish I played with, with him with his left arm. All right, you'll appreciate this key. Packers fans would hate. If there was a, uh, let's call it a new addition for Aaron Rodgers going to a new team. Here's Rodgers on the future being uncertain. Bobby Brown reference. It's a lot of guys' futures that are, you know, uncertain, you know, myself included. Uh, that's what's sad about it most. Getting this far, obviously there's going to be an end to it at some point, whether we make it past this one or not. But just the uncertainty is, is tough and the finality of it all. I saw Jay's head cock back when he heard that. I want to get your thoughts, Jay, right after Matt LaFleur on his thoughts on Rodgers returning. I sure as hell hope so. Uh, I mean, guys, the MVP of this league, he is the heart and soul of our football team. So, hell yeah, he better be back here. Zubin, we, we, you've seen a lot of post-game pressers. Key, You've been at the podium at a lot of post-game pressers. So have I. I cannot tell you, especially when you lose a game of a magnitude, like for me in NCAA tournament or key when you're at the playoffs, you are, you're emotional, but you're also pretty specific with your words because you recognize that these things could be used as launching pads. I'm sitting there watching him last night, and he's like, there's a lot of uncertainty for a lot of players on this team, right? Okay, that's fine, including myself. Statement time. 
he knew exactly what he was saying right there. Now, you can say he was emotional, but that was a, a, a major red flag to me that this Green Bay Packer organization has a lot to worry about as it relates to the future of Aaron Rodgers. I think there was the, the trust was already in an interesting place at the beginning of the year. I think his play had really forced the hand of a lot because he took it. He owned that mantle. He said, this is mine. I'm going to create for you not to put the ball in his hands, regardless of whether you thought he should have ran on third down or not. For there to be miscommunication at the end of that game for the player of Aaron Rodgers' magnitude speaks volumes about, I think, where he is with his head coach. I don't know how you just smooth that over or how you make amends of that because I think that going into the postseason with watching the way Deshaun Watson and, and look, uh, you know, Mike Tannenbaum said it. We're seeing player empowerment within the NBA and we're starting to see player empowerment within the NFL. It's happening. I think this is a moment for Aaron Rodgers to step into that player empowerment realm and say, I'm going to take my future in my own hands, and I don't know if I want to be here anymore. Well, there's there's no question that Aaron Rodgers, as time ticked away on the sideline, those nostrils started to flare because he didn't he started not to feel good about his situation in Green Bay. There's no question about that at all. That's why he said what he said in his post-game pressure. I was talking to Evan, our producer, uh, in our pregame show, uh, pregame meeting just here. Um, think about the game. I mean, our pre-production meeting. And, and we were talking about, you know, just how to communicate what happens. Jay and, and Zubin, when things like that come in. And you heard Mike Tannenbaum say exactly, echo the same thing that I told Evan. You are going to let Aaron Rodgers know what the plans are on that series of events in the red zone. Hey, it's third down. Here's what we're going to do. If we don't get it, we're going to kick the field goal. Because Aaron Rodgers now, who's calling that particular play, can decide what play fits Mm -hmm. for two downs. He was thinking, okay, this is the play that fits for two downs. If, If they communicate with him, and tell him this is what we're thinking, now he can choose another play that fits for we got to score now because if not, we're going to get the three. So bad communication is somewhat what set up that fourth down to kick the field goal. They got to talk to one another. When you have an inexperienced young head coach that in that moment, you you're thinking you're doing a million different things. And that's something that slips out of your mind is to be able to say, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're in two-down territory. Here's the play on third down. If we get some of it closer, we're going to go for it. If not, we're going to kick the field goal. Now Aaron Rodgers can go in his bag of tricks and decide to choose another play. That's why the communication side of things is so Vitally important, man. It's I mean, a, it really, truly is, Zubin. Yeah, and it's a great point. Your head coach is barely older than your quarterback. Are we in four-down territory? It's a simple question to ask, especially if our season and a trip to the Super Bowl is on the line. It doesn't seem because Because even Aaron Rodgers in his, pro, in his post-presser said, hey, had I known that this was going to happen, I would have done something different. <laughs> yeah. Boop. Boop, just back up back up the bus over my floor. It wasn't. Oh, well, decision. I'm mad. I don't give a damn. All right. We got a break. Yes, we do. On the way, is Aaron Rodgers' 16-year career in Green Bay over? A guy that spent a dozen years playing quarterback at the NFL. With the answer next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. 
How do you not go for it on fourth and goal with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback? Anytime it doesn't work out, you always regret it, right? What does this mean for Aaron Rodgers moving forward? This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. And that might be the best question of all. You wanted Bobby Brown? Key, you got him. You got him. Ooh. Go, Key. Put on those Adidas old, like, sweatpants and start doing the running man. Get a real sweat in. I'm good. It was pretty obvious it was Matt LaFleur's prerogative to essentially say we're kicking the field goal on fourth and eight. We'll see if we can get the ball back. Mm. They never did. And you just wonder in the most extreme of circumstances if that play, that play that'll be talked about forever, was the last snap Aaron Rodgers will take for the Green Bay Packers under contract through 2023. Let's discuss it with the ESPN football analyst and a guy that spent a dozen years in the NFL at the quarterback position, Dan Orlovsky. Dan, good morning. Join us. Um, just take me inside the mind of a quarterback. Your season's on the line. You've got that relationship with your head coach. It's fourth and eight. Just take us through. You've been on that field before. Just take us through everything that's running through everyone's minds. We have to go for this. Right. Like we, we have to. I'm looking at the clock and I know what the timeout situation is. And I know that we still have the two minute warning. But the reality is, is, is uh, I'm the best player. I'm, I'm the MVP of the NFL this year. Um, our offense is the best red zone offense in the league. And if we lose, I want to lose because I wasn't good enough. You know, like I think at the end of the day, I want to lose because I couldn't get it done. And I've heard a lot of people say, like, how terrible the decision this is for them to not kick or not to go for it. I disagree. I don't think it's as terrible a decision as everybody makes it out to be. I heard Jay slow down. Um, you know, I, I, listen, like, everyone continues to say it's fourth and goal. Yeah, it's fourth and goal from the eight or nine yard line as well. Like, fourth and goal from the eight and nine yard line, eight or nine yard line, it's a brutal place to be. Like, you need a play that gets you at least eight or nine yards, but it can't get you 19. You know, like fourth and eight from the 35-yard line, you can dial up a lot of different plays because the way you could stretch a defense, and if it gets a 15-yard completion, great. Well, if you do that down there, you're out of bounds, obviously. And so that's why it's such a really, like, a difficult decision and, and kind of location of the field to be in. But I think at the end of the day, after I've thought about it and racked my brain and this and that, you have to lose that game because Aaron Rodgers wasn't good enough. 
Yeah, and, and, and you're right, Dan. Being at the eight, nine-yard line is a is very difficult. That's like being at third and 23. You don't have plays for that. But if you communicate with the quarterback and you tell him your thought process, what you're going to do, and you've been in this position before in the red zone, you get two opportunities there. You go to your quarterback and you mm-hmm. say, hey, Dan, here's what we're going to do. We're going to kick the field goal if we don't get it on third down. Hey, here's what we're going to do, Dan. We got two downs here. Don't try to get it all at once. Communicate. Communicate with Aaron Rodgers so that he knows what the hell is going on. Yeah, yeah, you're saying LaFleur in his headset go, hey, we're four down territory here, you know, and so – you know, obviously then Aaron might be a little bit more apt to run it on third down instead of trying to force it into that window. And then uh, that's a good point. And then I'd say like this, when when Matt LaFleur says, you know, anytime it doesn't work out, you regret it. I don't know. Like if they did go for it and they didn't get it, would he regret going for it and not getting it? You know, I think you regret when you sit back and go, as a great have been all this year and they weren't. Dan, what do you think? And, and I, you – you tell me what you think, because I know what I think. Aaron Rodgers basically, post-game, isn't pleased with the decisions that was made by taking the ball out of his hands by the offensive unit in Matt LaFleur. Did Aaron Rodgers just put himself in the market like a Deshaun Watson and a Matthew Stafford? Yeah, I don't think so, Key. You know, I, I think he's obviously disappointed. We've seen a little bit of a different version of Aaron this year as well. Like, super deep thought, very open with his communication. Obviously, his spots on Pat McAfee's show on Tuesday have been remarkable just to get into his mind. But I think the two questions coming out of it are, where does Aaron – I mean, Aaron is the MVP of the league, 48-5 and five this year. Where does he think that he can go and it be an upgrade situation-wise? You know, like really good coaching, best offensive line in football, really good backs. And going to find a situation that he points to and says, that's a better one. And then on the flip side, if you're Green Bay, you're going to let the MVP of the NFL walk out. You know, like I, I don't think that either of them are looking at the situation and finding a better one. So I, I, just, I think it's an obviously post-game emotional moment. But I don't see any chance where Aaron Rodgers is is not in Green Bay next year. Dan, can you not say San Francisco is a better situation? No, it's not. I mean, their offensive line in San Francisco is not nearly as good as the one in Green Bay. They don't have Devontae Adams. While they have nice young receivers, they don't have Devontae. Um, Kyle's probably an upgrade play calling wise, absolutely. But it's it's not a better situation. San Francisco's a good one. It's probably the best situation for quarterbacks that are looking for a new home. But if you're not, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm not looking at it and go, get me to San Francisco because then that's the, the, the hump that I need to jump over 26 and 6 in the last two years. Again, 48 and 5 this year. He's the MVP of the NFL. I'm not sitting there going, yes, that's a situation than the one I have in Green Bay. Okay, let's talk about a bad situation. And I think his name is Kevin King. I mean, from the first touchdown of the game to mm-hmm. Mike Evans, he missed time to jump to the play at the end of the half with Scotty yeah. Miller got burned in single coverage. And then the last play, the PI call. Uh, what are your thoughts on the PI call? The right call. It's indisputable. Everyone stop complaining about that pass interference call. Like, come on. It's pass interference. If you want to <laughs> complain to me that they weren't consistent throughout the game in a lot of calls, I'm going to give you that. 
And if you want to complain to me about the timing of the flag, I was part of a game like that. I was part of a flag like that. In 2014, the Lions, we go down to Dallas late in the game. We throw a ball on third down to Brandon Pettigrew. They throw the flag for pass interference, which it was. They marked it off. The new flag, and that, that penalty basically ends the game for us. They mark then they stop it, get together as officials, and wave the flag off. That was way more egregious than what we saw yesterday. So the timing of the flag, I'll give you that. But it's past interference. It's indisputable. We, you have to throw that flag. And so it's unfortunate. It stinks that it happened. But at the end of the day, the guy's jersey or his, the undershirt under his jersey is getting stretched two to three feet. That's past interference. And so, you know, I, I, going into the game, Jay, I said this. Two things about this matchup between Tampa's offense and Green Bay's defense. Without A.B., was Tom Brady going to try Jair Alexander a lot? Because Jair Alexander for Green Bay has become an absolute fantastic corner, and he really didn't. And he just decided, you know what, I'm just going to wear out Kevin King. And he went at Kevin King and went at Kevin King, and he got the better of that matchup. The play before the half is, that's the fireable offense. I mean, it's absolutely inexcusable, both player and coach. It's inexcusable to call that defense. It's unnecessary to call that defense. And the technique he played with and the lack of discipline he played with he should be 15 to 20 yards off, outside leverage, funneling everything into that middle field safety that they had. So that's the play call and execution that's awful. How crazy is it, Dan? And I know you would say it's not crazy, but it's crazy to me and many others. Tom damn Brady is in the Super Bowl again. Mm. Like, it, it's, mm. it's unreal, man. Yeah, key. Key, think about this, man. So when he made the decision in March to go to Tampa Bay, I remember thinking to myself two things. If he goes to Tampa Bay and takes them to the Super Bowl, an organization that had not been to the playoffs in 12 years, okay, it has the worst percentage in the history of the NFL when it comes to NFL organizations. If he does that, he leaves the conversation of best quarterback ever. He leaves the conversation of best football play ever. That is written in stone. He, he gets into the Jordan, Abe Ruth, who, Tiger Wood, like whoever the greatest athletes conversation is, Tom Brady gets into. And then he does it, no offseason, a truncated preseason, training camp-wise, no preseason games. He has to do it on the road. He has to go to two Hall of Famers home stadiums and beat them. Like, I remember saying, well, I, I picked – I don't know, in March or April or May, whenever, I picked Kansas City and Tampa Bay to be in the Super Bowl. Just because I was like, I think it's going to happen, but it was more like this nostalgic pick, like this wishful thinking. The fact that Tom did it, I don't understand how he's accomplished. And, and this is, and I, for a guy who's got an incredible list of accomplishments, an incredible list of accomplishments, it might be his greatest accomplishment. Yeah, you call it the great. Well, you picked both the Chiefs and the Bucks. I picked the Chiefs, so do I get a half a point, a point? I got to get something out of it, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give you something, Key. We'll give you half a point. We want you to feel like part of the group. You know, we want you to feel good about it. So we'll give you a half a point. Man, hey, look, some of us, some of us got both of them right, Key. Some no, of us got I, both of them right. We'll let you in. We'll I know, in. I know. You got them right. You, Jeff Darrington and Mike Tannenbaum. Before I let you go, really quick though, Dan. The quarterback market seems like it's getting ready to be oversaturated with guys that can actually play mm. the position. 
here in the offseason. What do you make of that? Matthew Stafford, potentially Matt Ryan, Cam Newton. I mean, you could go mm-hmm. on and on. Jameis Winston. You could just go on and on. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. How crazy is that going to be? It's going to be amazing, man. You know, like this has been a grueling season and a long season. And I remember telling my wife, like, you know, I'm going to need some time after the season. Then I see the Watson news and the Stafford news, and we still have Dak out there potentially. And I'm like, well, maybe not. Maybe I want to be a part of this offseason a bunch. So it's going to be unbelievable. And here's the thing, Key. There's two quarterbacks that we know for sure that have a really good chance to get Stafford. Any team that gets either of those guys automatically becomes a Super Bowl contender, right? Like, this isn't just getting a starting quarterback. They vault you into the Super Bowl contender conversation. Then the, the fact that Dak has the chance, right, has the chance and Trubisky and Cam and we don't know. But those two guys, man, the, the fact that they're potentially out there or that we feel really good about them being out there, teams are chomping at the bit. Mm. There's no doubt about it. Key is going to weigh in in just a little bit on what Stafford being on the move really means and why it could be. Something that we haven't seen in the NFL before, but something Key really likes. Key will discuss that here in a minute after Sports Center. Dan, thanks for joining us. All right, Danny. Thanks, Theo. Thanks, guys. Later. One more snap. Mahomes goes to a knee. The trophy stays here. The Chiefs are back-to-back AFC champions. And the Super Bowl 54 champions are ready to run it back. They are headed to Super Bowl 55 as a road team to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What a storyline. Only seems appropriate that the Lamar Hunt Trophy would remain in Kansas City, right? They win over the Bills, 38-24, dominating Buffalo as heard on 106.5. The Wolf with the voice of the Chiefs. Mitch Holtis. They'll attempt to become the first team since the Pats, led by Brady, of course, to go back to back. Brady back in the Super Bowl for the 10th time, looking for Super Bowl championship number seven on February 7. They got there, as Dio said, after back to back wins over future Hall of Famers in their house. Drew Brees first, of course, Aaron Rodgers yesterday. Brady, he's always been an exclusive company. Here's another club he joins that has very few members. Quarterbacks to start a Super Bowl for two different franchises. Peyton Manning did it, Kurt Warner did it, and Craig Morton did it way back in the day. And the Yankees, after a relatively quiet offseason, have really picked up the pace here in the last week and a half. They picked up Jamison Tyone from the Pirates, got a haul of picks back, does Pittsburgh. That's the way the deals work, right? When small market meets big market, the Yankees also picked up Corey Kluber last week. Kind of an under-the-radar move. Remember, the guy's a multiple-time Cy Young Award winner. And they finally wrangled in DJ LeMayhew as well last week. So the Yankees making up for some lost time. Sports Center brought to you by 1-800-Flowers. Finding the perfect bouquet for your Valentine <laughs> is easy when you plan ahead with 1-800-Flowers. You can get 24 multicolored roses for $29.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. To order, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter the code KJZ. Monday at this time, it's always time for... Key observations. We had just two games, of course, on the docket. There's one game left in the NFL's 101st season, but there are plenty of observations to be had. And let's begin with the NFC champions. It's the prime time music. Buccaneers. Tampa Bay obviously advanced to the Super Bowl in their own stadium at Raymond James Stadium there in Tampa Bay. But 
They got there because of guys like Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette certainly is starting to play these last several games in the playoffs like the number four pick that the Jacksonville Jaguars certainly thought that they were getting. When you look at Fournette, bruising style mixed with a little bit of slash and dash running. You saw that run last night with the uh, yesterday with the spin move put on to the Green Bay Packers getting into the end zone. This was big for Tampa Bay to finally get a guy that they can match with Ronald Jones that they certainly look to continue to have success with. Want to make a note there, Coach McNair is there coaching the running backs, a former USC running back coach that coached Reggie Bush along with Lindell White and others. On the losing end yesterday in this game. Packers. We're talking about a lot of bad decisions with the Green Bay Packers coaching staff as a whole. We're just talking about what made the decision for them to kick the field goal. But that's not the first bad decision. The first bad decision, how about going for the two points? How about allowing your defense to be put in a position to get torched right before the half? Whenever these sort of situations come up, you've got to think to yourself, uh-oh, who made those decisions? Mike Pedden on the defensive side of the ball calling the defense six seconds to go in the game. You uh, In the half, you allowed Tom Brady to find Scotty Miller matched up on King, six-pack for them, zero for you. Quickly, we go to the Chiefs because they do everything fast. Chiefs. As we always say, fellas, speed kills. Tyreek Hill, whether it's uh, – whether it's it's Tyreek Hill, whether it's Kelsey, to me, who's a tight end that plays like a wide receiver, who's fast like a wide receiver in a big man's body. When you think about Hardman, I mean, you just look at a lot of the different weapons that they have from a, the speed perspective. Tyreek Hill is ridiculous. He gets the football in his hands. There's nobody that can tackle him on the field. He's out there playing video game-like. Buffalo needed some video game-like numbers yesterday, didn't get him. No, they didn't get him zooming. And then what I would say about the Bills is, look, the lights might have been a little bit bright for them, and that's okay. It's their first real opportunity to be in this position. They're going to continue to head upward. They're not going down from here. They're going to get younger in certain spots because it's already a young team. A few spots where they're older guys, Josh Norman, I'm sure they'll look to replace him at some point with a younger corner. Or you look at the fact that they got to have a Zach Moss stay healthy and get back into the deal. The lights just was too bright for Josh Allen. It's okay. This is his first opportunity and first shot. He's going to be around in the AFC for a very, very long time. And I think that the Buffalo Bills will be back in this sort of position again next year and a guy that's been around the nfc for a really really long time that's dying to get back into the playoffs from the falcon 11 yard line down by six final play of the game stafford empty out of the gun he's got it back looks looks pumps once steps up looks throws and yes yes tj hawkins they did it they tied it matthew stafford magic I tip my hat off to the Detroit Lions organization as a whole to make a decision to communicate with Matthew Stafford about his future and allowing him to seek an opportunity to go to another team. When you look at organizations, they tend to not want to do these things and not put guys in positions in the end to win championships. They hold on to you until you're completely toast, and then they cut you or they move you for nothing and then in the end, you got one or two years left in your career. 
I tip my hat off to them finally making a decision, especially when you think about what they did to Kelvin Johnson when he made the decision to retire. They made the decision to go get money from him, which was a bad decision. It Now you look at it, they kind of did something good, and organizations just don't do that. I totally agree. Barry Sanders got sick and tired. Megatron got sick and tired. And before Stafford got sick and tired, they're going to let him plan his own exit. Rarely seen, but as Key said, refreshing. Jay, your observations. I only have one observation, Zubin. You know, I'm sitting there watching the end of the Chiefs game last night, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, we've been having so many conversations about the lack of diversity within the head coaching ranks of the NFL. And when you actually do some more research, there are only, granted, you have Bruce Arians, Caucasian, and then you also have Andy Reid, Caucasian, but there are only two black offensive coordinators in the NFL, in the NFL, and they are both in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, key it's just it's just interesting how the conversations lead. You know, no more of these. Hey, these guys can't do it. Look at what they've done. Uh, they're at the highest level possible right well, now. Well, they are smart, Jay. They know what they're doing, right? That's one thing that I can say about Bruce Arians in terms of diversity as well as Andy Reid. Those guys know what they're doing and putting their players Agreed. in a great position. But I have one more observation. I didn't know Zubin yes. <clears throat> that. The quarterback, Deshaun Rogers, was so good. You missed that one, right? <laughs> I was going to let it go. No, I, I, you know, I don't ever let anything go. I, I, <laughs> I heard him say it. Yeah, yeah. I heard him say Deshaun but Rogers, so, I didn't say anything. You're so good at navigating us through everything. I was like, I got to get zooming at some point <laughs> with Deshaun Rogers because he just kept it going. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's an interesting combination. Deshaun Rogers. <laughs> and Key, Evan told me to clean it up. He actually yelled at me, Marcus Brady, there's a third African-American offensive coordinator in the league. So my apologies. <laughs> I cleaned it up, Evan. I hope you're okay after you yelled at me in my ear. Every, every, now, it, and then, every now and then we do so much for four hours, especially when we work so late at night and get in so early in the morning there, Justin. Clean it up. Clean it up, Jay. Clean it up. I'm just happy you guys were actually listening to me. So... <laughs> No, it's we fine. Always it's all, we always listen. I listen to you all the time. You're navigating the show, buddy. Last thing, tune into Greeny's show this morning right after we're done. He'll take his victory lap for predicting this Super Bowl matchup a couple months ago. Oh, God, a couple it? months ago. How easy was that? <laughs> he predicted Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady would play in the Super Bowl. Wow. And he'll oh. talk to the Hall of Famer Dan Fouts from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin right into Nostradamus hey. weekday mornings here on ESPN. Hey, <laughs> Zubin, that's just like I, I'm going to tell Greeny next time I see him. It's like in baseball when they're calling the games. They say, well, that run's going to come back to hurt him in the second inning. You never hear about it in the ninth. Fair if enough. it didn't go that way. Fair <laughs> enough. Here comes some friendly fire um, from me. What is Aaron Rodgers' future? Have I said this on the show a couple times before? We'll go to the epicenter. Boots on the ground. Someone who's around the team 24-7, 365. Tongue not planted firmly in cheek. Oh, God. We're really going there. How do you not go for it? On fourth and goal with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. Anytime it doesn't work out, you always regret it, right? What does this mean for Aaron Rodgers moving forward? This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. I think that's the question of the morning in the NFL. Surprising considering Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady are in the Super Bowl, but the Packers have some pressing matters, even if Aaron Rodgers' contract runs through 2023. As Deshaun has told us, contracts are made to be broken. If you're unhappy, as Key said in any sport, you don't have to be there. For more on this... Unlikely story, but still something that's percolating. Jason Wildey, the co-host of Wildey and Tausch on ESPN Milwaukee. 9 to 12 local, 9 to 12 central. He also writes for The Athletic, which I think is probably the best sports website out there. Second, of course, to ESPN.com. But I do think it is an excellent website. (laughs) And we welcome him in this morning. Jason, you tweeted, quote, Aaron Rodgers sure sounded like a guy saying goodbye. I mentioned the year 2023, but he called his future uncertain. You were there. What leads you to believe that which you tweeted? Yeah, boy. I, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I love Twitter because then it comes. It comes <laughs> I hate uh, it that but you're okay. saying that he's leaving. Yeah, it just so look, and and this is this is going to sound like an odd comparison at first, but I talked to him earlier in the week, and we were talking about Ted Thompson, who had passed away at age 68, and he said that he had seen Ted twice last year. And what he had said was that he hugged him and he told him goodbye and told him that he loved him because he didn't know if he was going to see Ted again because his health was clearly failing. Now, this is not a life or death situation, although you could argue when it comes to the franchise, when the MVP doesn't know if he's going to be back next year, it is life or death. He sounded like a guy that clearly, despite being under contract through 2023, does not know if the Packers want him to be the quarterback next year. And so he sounded like a guy who was saying goodbye. Do I think that's the likely scenario? No, I don't. But I, he, when the soon-to-be three-time NFL MVP is talking about an uncertain future with an organization that he has spent 16 years with and that he's under contract with for 2021, 22, and 23, that gets your attention. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Jason, what were the fans' reaction to last night's game or yesterday's game uh, in the way it played out in the end? Well, certainly the fourth down decision to kick the field goal, I think everyone was scratching their heads at. Uh, As Aaron Rodgers said, he understood to some degree the thinking, right? Because they hadn't gotten any yards on the first three attempts from the eight. Uh, they still had all three timeouts and the two minute warning, but overall, I think disappointment would be an understatement. I mean, remember this is all that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers fans 
have been wanting. He's been now to five NFC Championship games as the starter. It was the first time they were at home. They were playing really well. They had fans in the stands for only the second time all year. Uh, I think the level of disappointment here with Rodgers on the verge of a Super Bowl for the first time in a decade is enormous. I wasn't at the game. You were. And I've been on the field many times being chased by people and things are moving. I mean, it's like flying like a freeway. You know, when you looked at the game from from where you were sitting, could Aaron Rodgers, did it feel like Aaron Rodgers on third down could have walked into the end zone? Well, I don't know about walked, but definitely there was the opportunity for him to run, right? That's what everyone is focusing on in the aftermath of this. Again, he has shown, I mean, he just ran for a touchdown last week. So I don't think it's a lack of gumption that he was unwilling to do that. Now, what I thought was interesting after the game was that Rodgers said that Matt LaFleur allowed him to call the third down play. Yes. And then he said that if he had known they were going to kick it on fourth down, he might have called a different third down play because he was expecting to have four shots at the end zone. I don't know what he saw. I don't know what he was thinking in that moment that he didn't take off. Um, He's made some pretty unbelievable throws where he buys time with his legs and then makes the throw as opposed to running. Obviously, the results weren't what they wanted. I don't want to play the blame game real quick to follow up, though, right there with what Aaron was saying in the post game, Jason. But should have Matt LaFleur been a little more in communication with his star quarterback in that situation? Yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know the machinations of allowing Rodgers to call the third down play and not telling him, hey, if we don't get this, we're going to kick it. Like, I don't know how he got to that point, Key, but that's a great question. And, and again, I, I don't know. Like, Rodgers had no real opportunity to talk it over. They weren't going to burn their time, uh, one of their timeouts to discuss it, apparently. But Rodgers looked up after the third down incompletion, and he saw the field goal unit coming on. And that was the first indication he had that they were going to kick it there. So there was clearly a breakdown. And to Matt LaFleur's credit, he took a, a ton of responsibility for everything that went wrong, as he should, but especially that decision. Jason, there's a lot of people on social media that are talking about the way Aaron Rodgers handled the postgame presser, saying that he constantly throws head coaches or his team under the bus. What are your thoughts on that? Is that the case? Uh, Now, that was not the sense I got from his postgame. And Matt LaFleur clearly threw – uh, his defensive coordinator, Mike Pettin, under the bus for the touchdown right before halftime. I mean, he said, we're in man coverage. That's the wrong coverage to be in. I put that on the coaching staff. We can't make that mistake. Uh, look, he threw an interception that was crucial, right? Um, he had the third down run that Key mentioned that he didn't take. So I don't think Aaron Rodgers played a perfect game by any stretch, but I do think that that's the problem with the Packers is that he has to play perfect for them to win more often than not. I mean, Tom Brady threw three interceptions. Packers didn't turn those into enough points, but they had the margin for error that the GOAT can throw three interceptions and they can still win the game. I I do think that that might be part of Rodgers' frustration is that he feels like he, he does not have any margin for error in games like this. 
That's a great point. Three second-half interceptions to boot, and Tom Brady's off to Super Bowl number 10. And as Jason said, for the first time in about 10 years, Rodgers had an opportunity. But again, it's cut short. Have a great show today. I'm sure the callers are actually lined up right now. Thanks very much. (laughs) Thanks, Jay. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Great stuff there. Really good perspective. On the way, let's talk about that other game, the AFC Championship game. Mahomes has moved on. So is Brady. The best there is versus the best right now. That's next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, plus your calls on Brady's greatest accomplishment.